0: Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Here's what you need to do. I've got, let me see how much money I have. All right, not very much. There's a one. Would you? Who's better, Jackson or Washington? Jackson. Washington's better, but not on the bill. So you could possibly win 20 bucks right now. Alright, I said possibly. There's a possibility nobody will because I'm looking for perfection. So you've got to follow my instructions to the letter, alright? So we're going to make sure that we cross all of our F's and dot all of our J's and get it right perfectly, alright? So the first thing I need you to do is to write your name in the top right-hand corner, but do it backwards, So if you, um, I'm just kidding. You could just write it the right way. It's it's not really like that trick like that. So you're like, no, I just started writing. You lose. All right. If multiple people get it perfect, I've got a couple 20s. All right. So we'll just kind of outline that now. I don't know that anybody will have perfect. I won't check everybody's paper, but I'll check enough. All right. Enough to know whether or not this is a really good, good group of kids or not. So all right, here's what I want you to do. You got your name on the top right-hand corner of the paper. All right, your paper's turned this way, correct? Top right, I'm just kidding. You can be whatever way you want, I don't care. Okay, this part needs to be perfect though. I want you to take your ruler. You must do everything I say specifically. You must use the ruler, all right? Not you're like, I know how long my finger is. Can I, no, you'll lose, okay. So here's what you're gonna do. You're going to make a triangle don't do it yet because I haven't told you how long it is, like the sides are and stuff. All the angles need to be the same. So, not like a triangle that's, I don't know what they're all called. What it was, equilateral. Good job. Somebody's paying attention in math class. We don't want to isosceles. And I don't care if you're sitting next to a cute boy, but you can't make it a cute triangle, all right? You might be sitting next to somebody who's a little obtuse, but forget about that. Equilateral for you, all right? So, I need you, you can remember that because, like, a ladder equilateral, anyways, um, all the sides need to be four inches, four inches in length, equilateral, all the sides are the same, so they all have the same angle, if you get it off just a little bit, that's okay, I'll keep my money, perfection is what I'm looking for, I'll give you a few moments to do that, after you do, after you get yours, give your ruler to somebody else if they don't have one, only certain rows are like that, so if everybody in your row has one, you don't need to hand yours to anybody, all right, who does not have their, a ruler? You want to raise your hand? And, okay, so somebody give it to them when they're done and we'll get that part done. Then I'll give you the next part of, of the challenge. All right. Part of this is speed. At least if you're in a row with somebody who doesn't have enough rulers. Also, I'm holding an extra ruler. What if, Hey, okay, I'll give a ruler to you. All right, use this. He had his hand up, so. All right, pass it to somebody else when you're done. Not to me. there's more to do. There's more to do. More to do. More to be done. All right, ready? I don't care. All right, next part. Inside the triangle, in the precise center of the triangle, precise because I'm looking for perfection, I need you to make a circle. Now listen, the circle's diameter straight across needs to be two inches, all right? So you might have to go two inches this way, two inches this way, two inches, whatever. Don't make a bunch of little dots that I can see because that's not perfect. I need a two inch circle, perfect circle, no eggs. All right, perfect circle. This shouldn't take as, well, but this will probably take longer than the triangle, but I don't care. All right. All right. I don't have a compass. You have a ruler. All right. Now, now, and if you don't have yours yet, that's okay. We're moving on. Give your ruler to somebody else. Let them do this next part before you do the third part. For the third and final part, I need you to put inside that circle in the very, cent- the very center of the circle, I need you to put a square. All the sides are the same because it's not a rectangle, a square, and all of the sides are one inch long. One inch. One inch, one inch, one inch, one inch, like that. Frame in a face. In the very center of the circle. So to recap that, your name needs to be in the top right-hand corner. You need to have a triangle that has how many inches? Four-inch sides. You need to have a circle in the middle of that that has how many inches? Two inches in diameter. And then in the center of that, if you're trying to win my money, one-inch sides for a square. All right, some of you guys are on the floor because you're serious mathematicians. But if you're done with that, let's try to find a chair somewhere, if you've if you got a chair somewhere. All right, y'all don't have enough chairs in your row? It's, it's cool. You can, one of y'all can stay. It's going to hurt your back, though. All right, you ready? Yes, let the grading begin. Please pass your I'm just kidding. I'm not looking through all these papers. Let me see your paper first, because you're the closest to me. No. All right, it's, it's good. It, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Self esteem is at risk. It's good. It's not perfect. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. But it's not perfect. All right, let me. Fail. All right. Hey, and never has anyone failed more elaborately. I'm not going to help you with your self esteem. But he has armholes. He's going to do that little thing that they did earlier with the nouns. All right, here we go, sir. All right, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Is this a serious one? All right, take that back, that's a state. That's like Idaho or something. All right, let me see this. Don't worry, the circle's not in the middle, it's touching the, it's touching the triangle. It's the point, there's three points, triangle. Hold on, hold, on, hold on, I gotta go way back there next. Let me just glance. Not quite, not quite, because it's not in the center of the circle. Let's go like way, who is like, did you write something? If you wrote something, then you, you made an extra line. So if you did any, hold on, listen up. If you did anything other than my instructions, I'm not even gonna examine it. So just hold them up, let me see. This is pretty stinking close. Can, can I see the ruler? Oh, I don't need to see the ruler. There's like a dot in the middle of the square. I right, take that back. Take it back. I don't remember, did anybody hear dot in the middle of the square? You ripped your paper? You made lots of lines? Oh, wow. That's a seeing eye chart. That is very nice. He wrote his name backwards. I'm not seeing perfection. Let me see what we got over here. Yeah, where's my square? Where's my square? No, no square. No, there's a square in the middle. Look, look at your friends. Look at your friends. Oh, I like it. I like it. He's got a blank canvas to work with. Pre-failure. Nope. You th- Hey, seriously, hey, look around yourselves. Try to nominate somebody from that section who has a really good one for me to look at because I haven't been over there yet. You guys failed. All right. Let me see this one. This is the one everybody's thinking. It's good. It's not perfect. The circle's not exactly how it needs to be. The circle's not the same all the way around. I like it. like it. Sloth dog. That was a challenge, apparently, to get me to say it. Is this the one we're nominating here? I don't know. It's just a word on it. It says perfection. <laughs> nice try. It's like naming your team first place and hoping you win. Do y'all have one, you think? Not, no, this is, this is supposed to be two inches, the circle. Two inches. This is, did I look at this one already? With a dot? That's pretty good. This is very, no, it's a, it's a paragraph. Everybody's just trying to get me to read things. He's still working on it. No, one inch, dude, not one centimeter. All right. All right. It's a no, it's a no, it's a no. There's lines through it. That's pretty good. Let me see this. Because you did this over and over again, there's multiple circles there. Yeah. I'll read one more. Nate is the best. Thank you. All right. Okay, you guys can put them down. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Listen up. Shh. Bring it down. Bring it down. We're getting into a moment of seriousness. First, you're going to be slightly upset, but then we're going to get in a moment of seriousness. Even if you had gotten it perfectly in the middle, if you used a, a compass and used this ruler and everything else, it would be wrong. You see, can I see one of the rulers for a second? These are not accurate inches. I thought so. no. They're off by about an eighth of an inch, almost like between an eighth and a sixteenth of an inch. It's off. Shh. There's a reason for that. Because as we're talking about one family, there's a lot of counterfeits out of there, out in the world. The world says all the time that it doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you're sincere about it, as long as you just, if that's the path for you, all paths lead to heaven or lead to some better place and it's not true. There's lies that creep into the church. I hear Christians say all the time, well, we're all God's children. Also, biblically, you can't back that up. Now, if they're talking to a group of believers who've put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you could back up that, that they're talking to a specific group of people, but when we say blanket statements like everybody in the world is God's child, we are all God's creation, we all carry God's image, but we're not all light bearers of the king. We don't all bear his light, even though we bear his image. And what I want you to leave with this week, if you don't have it, is basically admission, adoption into the family of God. Do me a favor real quick, because I'm, I'm like, I'm AD everything. H-D-L-M-N-O-P. All right, so like if you've got your pen still and you're poking holes in the paper and stuff, put them down like below your seat so that it doesn't distract me. I believe what we're doing is going to be important. I believe what God has for you. The enemy doesn't want you to hear because he wants you to believe in a counterfeit family. He wants you to have a dysfunctional spiritual side to yourself. Now, I know in a room this size, we don't all have the the right ruler that God had in his word for what the family should be because sin entered the world in the third chapter. We made it. Two, we didn't even make it two chapters. Let's be honest. We were created on the sixth day. So we were created at the end of chapter one. We didn't even make it just a little over a chapter before we failed. Before God said, okay, I'm gonna ask you to do one thing, get out a piece of paper, put your name on the top, draw a tree. Now draw a circle through it in accident, But there's a tree they couldn't eat from. God just laid out one thing and we messed up. One thing thing and we messed up. I was thinking during the rules, when they were giving the rules out there, they're like, don't touch the orange fences, green fences, whatever it was. I was thinking, well, now someone's going to touch it. You know, I mean, I just, that's how we're designed. Like as people, since Genesis three, that sin nature gets us to want to do exactly what somebody tells us not to do. And God, from that moment, who was a loving father, if you look back in the, you know what genealogies are? the begats. You know, if you have King James, it's like, so-and-so begat, so-and-so who begat, so-and-so. In the other ones, it says, um, so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, the son of so and whatever. And it shows through like the family tree in the Bible. When it goes back in the family tree of Jesus's family tree, and it gets back to Adam, it says, the son of Seth, that was his third-born son after Cain and Abel, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Now, Adam wasn't the son of God in the same sense that Jesus is the son of God, where he's all-powerful with God and self-existent and has been from eternity past. Adam was the son of God in a sense that God created him and started the first family in the Garden of Eden. And it was Adam and Eve and him. And they chose to walk out on that family. It was the first family walkout ever, the first dysfunctional family where they're like, Dad, I don't care. That picture of the prodigal son of that kid who's just like, yeah, I want my own stuff and I'm going to go my own way. That's what Adam and Eve did and messed up the first family. And Jesus has been, ever since then, God has been trying to figure, well, not figure out a way, he had a, he had a plan already, but to bring this plan into the world so that people could step into a family with him. So we could be called the sons and the daughters of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's what He does. The Old Testament, the New Testament, we see pictures of this dysfunction, all right? In the Old Testament, God uses a family example to talk about the children of Israel. He uses this analogy of a married couple, and he calls them his bride. In the New Testament, he calls the church his bride. He talks about that. We're going to look at an analogy, probably the best analogy in scripture of this God used as this object lesson. Now I brought some, we have some paper and pen and and the little ruler. When God did analogies in the Old Testament and told them to do an object lesson, the speakers were in for something huge and usually terrible. When Isaiah was old, like old prophet Isaiah, um, God told him to walk around naked for three years to get the people's attention. When an old, I've been in the YMCA locker room before with some of those old guys who don't have boundaries, I don't know what a towel's for, they get your attention, and it's scary, all right? So Isaiah did that as an object lesson. God had a prophet cook over poop. So people are like, what do you, cook? oh my goodness, I mean, he had people do crazy things, and what we're about to read in the book of Hosea, we're going to be looking through this week, is kind of a crazy thing. So if, if I felt like God laid on my heart to bring these rulers, and I just thought it would be a, a way to start this particular sermon, but if I felt like God was saying, Nate, I want you to shave your head as an object lesson, I'd be like, no, Lord, you know I cosplay as a Jedi. I can't do it. You know, but like, I mean, God would ask them to do something. If God asked me to, I would do it. But if, if God asks somebody to do something, they did it if they were prophets, he asked them to do crazy things sometimes. And he asks Hosea something crazy to do. And it's found in the book of Hosea chapter one. And we're going to look at started in verse two. First verse one in all of the prophet books where there's prophets is just the Lord, word of the Lord said to so. That's basically what's going on. And so it's just letting you know where it's coming from. But then here's where God actually begins speaking in verse two. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said, go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her for like an adulterous wife this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the lord if i'm hosea i'm gonna be like lord can i just say hey you guys are unfaithful to the lord i mean won't they get that no 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 they have to have their they have to have their sensibilities everything about them jog completely we're like what is hosea doing you know and and some people have thought through the years that this meant that hosea married a prostitute and she does become a prostitute, but if you, if you study almost every Bible study curriculum that you can come up with, all the commentators and so forth, they pretty much agree that God knew in advance that this woman would become this way, that she would cheat on her husband over and over again, and he knew that, and she would do it and she would get paid for it at times, like some pretty bad stuff to do. But we don't have any indication that she was already like this, just that God knew who it was going to be, and he pointed her out. This is, is huge if you think about it, because God God didn't, like, stumble upon us one day and say, oh, my goodness, what are they doing? Some of these kids, these teenagers in this room, and some of you aren't quite teenagers yet. we got fifth graders here today, right? Where are my fifth graders at? All right, cool. I love fifth grade. I wouldn't do it again, but I, I love fifth graders. All right. Some of us have talked back to our parents, <laughs> but to God, that's like that's like it's right. It's a violation of one of the Ten Commandments. Like it's it's horrible. Like he stu- he didn't just stumble upon us and be like, "Whoa!" I thought I thought this was going to be a group of obedient students who were always respectful who never said anything bad about each other, who've never taken something that doesn't belong to them, who've never cheated on a test, even when the smartest kid in the room is right by them, and you know that they're getting an A. They've never once kicked a kitten. Well, no one's kicked a kid, but cats, full-grown cats, they had it coming. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's terrible. But God didn't stumble upon us and see us doing wrong and get surprised by it. This analogy that he had Hosea do shows that he knew we would make bad decisions. And he cared about us anyway. Listen up, listen up. God didn't pick Israel as the chosen nation to bring the Savior of the world through because he thought they would be perfect or because he thought they would never mess up. He did it in spite of the fact that he knew exactly what they would do. He knew that he would save them from Egypt that he had walked them out of slavery, that he would do miracles over and over again, and that every chance they got when they would run into a new group of people who were worshiping like some stone idol or some wooden thing that they made, ooga booga, look at him, he's so cool, that they would be like, let me get one of those, and then they would start worshiping those false gods too. God knew that they were gonna do that, and he still chose them to be in his family. Every single time, God knew that. I wouldn't do that. If I knew somebody was gonna reject me, I wouldn't put myself in the position to get harmed. When I was a junior in high school, I started dating this girl named Elizabeth. You're a junior in high school? Okay, well, it doesn't, it's not the same. Anyway, so, so I was dating this girl named Elizabeth. We went to our prom together, the junior-senior prom and everything, and I thought she was beautiful. All right? And, like, we were, we were going to be married one day, maybe. That's not the name of my wife, so it didn't happen. Spoiler! Um, but we had just finished the prom and everything. We started dating a couple weeks before that. And then she, I found out she lived near me, so I went over to her house and hung out with her family. They had horses. They only had two horses. I only remember the name of one of them. It was Triple's Quest, but we called it Trip. And so, anyways, and it never did. Trip. So, but, like, I mean, it was a good horse, and she would, like, do the horse things where you jump over a little thing. I don't even know what it's called. And where you, where you kind of have to go like this with it. What is that called? Huh? Vaulting or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, we did all that stuff. She invites me over one day. Normally, like I just would go over there on Fridays, Saturdays, hang out with her family, watch movies, whatever, eat with them. And she said, Hey, I'd really like to talk to you about something. And I went over to her house. And her parents like left the room, we're sitting on the couch, they're like, oh, we'll be in the kitchen. And she's like, I think we should see other people. (laughs) And I held it together. I had this gulp, this like, it was like a big frog in my throat. And I was like, oh yeah, me too, which was not true. And I got in my car And I remember driving just that little five minutes to my house and I, there was so much rain. I had to like go as high as I could on the windshield wipers and when I couldn't see anymore, I had pulled over to the side of the road. And then I realized through my crying so loudly that I was hearing, there was no rain, I was just crying so hard. I flipped on the windshield wipers thinking I can't see. And of course I couldn't see. I was crying so hard. I was like, <laughs> you know, like the really whaley kind of cry. I had never been rejected by a girl before. It's not like I was the ladies' man or something. I just hadn't asked many girls out. But I had broken up with a couple, and I'm like, this must be how it feels. The next couple girls that I liked, I didn't ask out. When I finally liked another girl and I heard through a bunch of other people that she liked me too, I still wanted more verification. And we didn't have texting and all that so somebody couldn't like show me that they had texted this or that. Like I had to actually see handwritten from one of her friends where she had wrote how she hopes that I asked her out. That's when I asked her out. And when I felt like the relationship was a little rocky, I immediately broke up with her. I had been hurt by the other relationship to a point where I was afraid to put myself out there for somebody. You can imagine how bad it was when, I, when my wife, who I'm married to now, when I first like, leaned down, and you lean down when you're 6'7", to give her a kiss the first time. And she pulled away and said, what do you think you're doing? All right, so that was, like, it was a hard one right there. I was like, I, I don't know," you know. So I knew right then she was either playing hard to get, or she was just like, who can find a virtuous woman from Proverbs 31? I didn't want to put myself out there because I knew I was going to get rejected or I thought I was going to get rejected. God knows everything. He knows the future. He knows everything that's ever going to happen. And he put himself out there for us. He knew that we would reject him, not just Adam and Eve, not just the Israelites during the days of Hosea, but he knew that. And he still put himself out there out there. Let's read the next few verses of this before we close, and we're going to get more into the story as we get through the weekend. Hosea 1, 3, we're going to start in that that next verse there. So he married Gomer. Now this, if you've seen Andy Griffith with your parents, it's not saying Shazam. This is a woman named Gomer, which is a weird name. Anyway, so she's got to be like a redneck or something. But anyways, so he married Gomer, daughter of Deblame. Because was the one to blame. You can remember that. That's how you remember it. Anyways, and she conceived and bore him and bore him a son. So this is actually Hosea's kid, all right? That's what we can know about this. Likely his kid, anyway. Then the Lord said to Hosea, call him Jezreel, because I will soon punish the house of Jehu, Jehu I'll explain this in a second, what they're talking about, for the massacre at Jezreel, and I'll put an end to the kingdom of Israel. In that day, I'll break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. Jezreel means my people scattered. God was gonna scatter the people. They were actually gonna be attacked by some other nations and pulled out and the kingdom of Israel in the north was gonna be gone and it would just be the people of Judah left and God was prophesying that. Now here's what happened, that massacre was Jehu was actually who became one of the kings of Israel was told to wipe out this evil, evil king and his line, his his sons, so they wouldn't become kings. And the guy went in and killed everybody. He was killing servants. He was killing priests who were nearby, everybody. And God was like, yeah, that's not what I asked you to do. And because of that, I'm going to make sure that this kingdom doesn't last. So then it says, Gomer, can I have that piece of paper? Thank you. Then it says, Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. Now this time it doesn't say gave Hosea a daughter, and it won't for any of the other kids. And we can assume that she's already started down this path where she's cheating on him. And the Lord said to Hosea, call her lo ruhamah, which is in Hebrew, which means not loved or no compassion. Now, he's not telling him not to love this little daughter. He's saying this is still part of the object lesson for Israel. Look, you're going to be scattered. You've been promiscuous. You've been cheating on me with other foreign gods who aren't even real. They're made out of stone. They're made out of wood. And I'm going to scatter you and you are going to not feel my compassion for a time. You're going to be out of the blessings that I've given you. Yet I will show love to Judah, the one that's not going to be scattered. I will save them not by the bow or sword or battle or by horses or horsemen, but I, the Lord their God, will save them. After she had finished... Weaning Lo-Ruhamah, which means he wasn't being fed anymore by her. Now he's eating solid food. Gomer had another son, not Hosea's again. Then the Lord said, call him Lo-Ammi, which means not my people. You're going to be scattered. You're not going to feel my compassion. And I'm going to call you not my people for a time. I mean, this is like, I mean, this is a big object lesson. Everybody's waiting. I wonder what he's going to call this kid. You're all doomed. You, know? <laughs> you don't want to have a fourth child. You know, uh, the, The people are listening and they're watching this play out before them. Then he says, yet the Israelites will be like sand on the seashore, which cannot be measured or counted in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. They will be called children of the living God. The people of Judah and the people of Israel will come together. They will appoint one leader and will come up out of the land. For great will be the day of Jezreel. That that re-gathering back together. Say, of your brothers, my people, and of your sisters, my loved one. God said it's not going to last. This is to get your attention. And when your attention is got, you're going to run back and you're going to be part of my family. And this theme is over and over again. We're going to look at the first three chapters this week. The theme happens, the, the three chapters are like a microcosm of the rest of the book. If you want to read the rest of the book, it's the same thing again, just saying what will happen. But the three chapters is specifically about this family unit that was dysfunctional, lived out in front of us so we can see that spiritually we have a dysfunctional family and the only way to make it whole, the only way to be part of this one family idea that God has for us that he's bringing back to us is through Jesus Christ. Jesus' death on the cross and his his rising from the dead basically is like pulling a bus up to an orphanage and saying, there's enough seats for everybody, but I'm not going to force anybody to get on. We've been trying to adopt a kid now for a little over six months. And knowing that there's been times where we haven't been chosen already several times, It's kind of one of those heart-wrenching things to go through. I can only imagine how much more it is for a loving father who wants somebody in their family who has to face that kind of rejection. Where we say, no, 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 I got this. It's just going to be me. I don't want to be under your compassion. I don't want to be one of your people. I don't want to be gathered together with the one family. I'm fine how I am. And I know that there's probably not people here with stone idols and wooden idols in their rooms and houses. And we'll talk further into the weekend what some of those things might be for us. Some of the things that we get stuck on that we spend more time with than wanting to be with God. But God wants freedom for you. He wants that one family experience for you. And you may be in one of several places. I believe there are people here who have come because you think this is going to be a fun weekend and you're probably right. There's other people who have come because somebody talked you into coming and you had no idea this was going to be a Christian anything. You're going with a church and you do those paintball and stuff and you're like, cool with that. Now you're like, oh no, what's happening? There's other people because I was that kid at a camp who was like, oh, I don't even like this guy. Is he talking to me? Is he saying I need to change? (sighs) I was really angry as a non-Christian teenager sitting in a camp like this. Some of you have come in, and you come every year to something like this, or you go and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna do the fun stuff, but when it comes to the spiritual time, I'm gonna put up a little wall because I do not want to change. I'm not gonna let God speak to me. And we've been praying, and I've been praying specifically for people like you because that's kind of where I was, and I want God to get through anyway. So my dare and challenge to you this week It's to let your guard down. Let that wall down and let God speak to you. You you still don't have to do anything with it. It's all up to you. That's God. That's the bus out in front of the orphanage. He's like, I got enough seats for everybody. Not going to make you go. You might be satisfied with the family you have in the orphanage, which is not a family. God gives us the best. He wants to give good gifts to his children, just like the video that we saw earlier and as we get further into this weekend i want you guys to see that as we look into those first three chapters of hosea also i'm going to be around doing some of the stuff with you guys and stuff and feel free if you've got a question or something or you just want to talk feel free to come up and talk i'm not like oh no i'm only going to talk when i'm right here i don't i would love to talk to you guys love to meet you or or re-see you again um for the past couple years how many of you guys were here when i was here a couple years ago I know some of you, some of you guys are, and some of you um, are new, and that's cool too. So, the this summer, sweet. All right, let's go ahead and pray, and then uh, they're going to have a couple announcements before we get into the next part. Again, just a quick reminder, if you've got extra rulers that are still in pretty good shape, or the pens for sure, throw them in this box or the box by the waters back there. I think that box is black, this one's white, and um, we'll collect those afterwards. God, I thank you so much for each and every person here. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts this week. Lord, that you would show us what you want us to do. How you want us to either step into your family or embrace the fact that we're a part of it. Lord, there's none of us here, none of us here who are perfect. And so a perfect God on our behalf had to give his life so that we could be made whole. Lord, I pray that you would keep us safe as we go into the rest of winter meltdown, as we're playing games, as we're doing all kinds of stuff, God. I think this would be a time of growth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.